The Graphic Histories Podcast. It's time for the Graphic History Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I will be your host as always. Thank you once again for tuning in, and thank you to Ukul and Mach for our theme song, Superpowers. As I mentioned last week, I was getting my wisdom teeth out this week. Unfortunately, I did not get this uh, recorded prior to that event happening, meaning I am recording this post-surgery, meaning I am in quite a deal of pain. <laughs> not too bad, actually. Um, you know, like I good medications. I had a little sort of swallow and all that kind of good stuff. I took all four out, um, and they're gone. They're gone. There's just holes in my face that uh, are painful and don't feel like they should be there. It's kind of weird, you know, like feeling where there were teeth, there are no teeth before. You're kind of used to it for so long. It's weird, very weird. Anywho, uh, moving along into the what's going on in the world. Um... I started watching the Netflix show Sweet Tooth, which I'm not sure if I mentioned last time. I'm a massive fan of the graphic novel. Huge fan of the series. It's amazing. It is a great example of a super well-done uh, comic uh, adaption. Uh, sorry for the, the pauses and the swallowing. It's just because of my uh, my current condition. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's incredibly true to the books. Very fun. Incredibly well done. Um, I'm a massive fan. I can't can't uh, suggest it enough. Uh, Lock and Key was quite disappointing to me, uh, as I am equally a big fan of that series and really, really didn't like did not like the Netflix show. So, circling back to watch um, this one, and uh, I had really high hopes for it, and they were all met and exceeded. It's amazing. I can't talk about it enough. It's fantastic. Go watch it. Sweet Tooth and Netflix. Also, do yourself a favor. Read the graphic novel. It's equally as good and amazing, and written by Canadian Jeff Lemire. Alrighty, today's episode is on Craven the Hunter. You may know as Sergio Cravenoff. You may recognize from various Spider-Man cartoons. He's never made it into a live-action adaption yet, although they have announced that Aaron Taylor Johnson will be playing him in a live-action solo film. Inexplicably, I'm not sure why they're doing this. As I mentioned before, I don't really think he's the best character to make a sympathetic anti-hero or hero out of. Being that he's a uh, big game hunter who, you know, generally most people will agree are kind of shitty. So, not really sure why. But Sony's doing it because they're going to wring every single drop of juice they can from the Spider-Man grape. That's for sure. A grape. <laughs> Orange. Uh, Orange seems like a more apt analogy. So, yeah, they're going to wring as much as they can out of that. They got Morbius going. They got Venom. They got uh, this. So, we'll see how it goes. My hopes aren't high on that one. I like Sweet Tooth. Sweet, sweet, sweet tooth. Alrighty, so without much further ado, let's go into today's episode. Craven the Hunter. <music> Sir 
Sergei Nikolaevich Kravinov was born and raised in Volgograd, Russia in the early half of the 20th century during the time of the Russian Revolution. Born into an aristocracy that had come to an end, he was also known as Craven the Hunter and became one of the world's greatest hunters to fulfill his sense of lost nobility. Kravinov found he had a great talent after finding employment in Kenya, Africa. Kravinov began his career using the typical tools of the hunter, but over time he developed a preference to take down large animals with his bare hands. After meeting a voodoo witch doctor named Calypso, Kravinov took a herbal potion, which enhanced his physical powers, giving him strength, speed, and senses to match that of a jungle cat. The potion also extended his life, keeping his health and vitality for years to come. Craven was later approached by Nick Fury while relaxing with his then-girlfriend Namora on a private beach on the Emerald Coast of Florida in 1959. Fury wanted the pair to join his Black Ops team codenamed the Avengers. During this meeting, it was revealed that Craven and fellow recruit Victor Creed had previously met in Africa, prompting Craven to shoot the mutant in the chest. Creed quickly recovered due to his healing factor, and Fury told the pair to put aside any differences between them if they want to be part of his team, which they agreed to do so. These new Avengers then traveled to Helsingborg, Sweden, where the Red Skull and his newly formed Fourth Reich were trying to create a new super soldier formula. The group gained entry to the Skull's castle headquarters by hijacking a truck and hiding in the back while the Silver Sable drove. When the truck's doors were open, the operatives opened fire on the unprepared Nazi guards. While searching for the Red Skull, the group came across a Nazi Captain America imposter. Craven was ordered to continue hunting for the Skull, while many of the other group members stayed to deal with the super soldier. Craven found the Red Skull and fired at him with a sniper rifle, but shot the soldier standing to the Skrull's right. The hunter couldn't believe that he missed a target like the Red Skull's big red head. To compound things, he then accidentally shot Sabretooth as he pounced on the Skull, temporarily taking him out of the fight. After Namora captured the Skull, Nick Fury took his briefcase and told the rest of the group he would meet up with them later, before disappearing for over a month. When he reappeared in autumn of that year, Fury gathered the team together at the Store Club in New York City to celebrate a job well done. During the dinner, Craven and Sabretooth resumed their rivalry once more, with Craven shooting him in the face before he was berated by Nomura. After the meal, the members each went their separate ways, with Craven and Nomura heading to their houseboat docked in the 96th Street boat basin. Here, the pair continued their argument over Sergei's behavior, and were just able to make up when their boat came under attack by a submarine bearing a skull-shaped blazon on it. Craven was able to destroy the sub by shooting a large amount of ammo crates on his own boat. Fury soon reassembled the team after realizing that many of their members had come under similar attacks. The enigmatic Powell McTeague then used his magical abilities to teleport Craven, Nomura, Dominic Fortune, and Sabretooth aboard a ship in the South China Seas, which was under the command of Nazi superhumans Baron Blood and Brain Drain. Before the Avengers were able to capture them, however, the villains were teleported away, leaving nothing but a fiery skull symbol burned in the deck of the boat behind. Still on the Nazi vessel, which was being piloted by McTeague's magic, the group next came to the aid of Nick Fury and the Blonde Phantom, who were traveling to Madripoor by boat and were attacked by the Ubermachin. The Avengers quickly overpowered the woman and questioned them before allowing Sabretooth to kill them and continuing on to Madripoor. Here they learned more about their shadowy foes and staged an attack on their mansion headquarters, capturing their strategist Innsbruck the Planner. From him, they learned that the organization's name was Icon and that their next target was the scientifically futuristic nation of Wakanda. The Avengers were able to arrive there in time to stop Icon's attack on the nation. During the ensuing struggle, Craven fought Dr. Orangutan, subduing the orangutan by shoving a taser wand in his mouth and activating it. 
The group were then teleported to Washington, D.C. to apprehend Icon's leader, Jeffrey Sydenham. In this final struggle, Craven was able to take down Baron Blood by hurling a wooden javelin tipped with a silver blade through the vampire's heart. After Icon had been dismantled, the Avengers again each went their separate ways, with Craven wanting to join his father in Key West as the Marlin were apparently biting. The irony of going on a fishing expedition alongside Namora was apparently lost on Craven. At some point, the notion of big game hunting began to bore the hunter. So his associate, later revealed to be his half-brother, proposed to Craven that he hunt Spider-Man, and thus gave Craven new purpose in life. Craven gained powers by drinking rare and exotic jungle elixirs given to him by his voodoo priestess lover, Calypso. These elixirs gave him the strength and speed of a savage beast, all the better to catch Spider-Man with. Despite being assisted by the chameleon, his scheme failed and he was deported from the U.S. He returned soon, however, first alongside the chameleon, where he was caught by Iron Man. Unable to best the wall crawler on his own, Craven sought strength in numbers. Early in his career, he and five other members of Spider-Man's rogues gallery united under the leadership of Dr. Octopus. Brilliant, respected scientist turned tentacle terror. The inaugural incarnation of the Sinister Six also included the Shifty Sandman, the illusion-casting Mysterio, the high-flying low-down Vulture, and Electro. The villain's master plan was to pummel the wall crawler one by one until one of them would manage to defeat him. The outcome Spidey Six, Bad Guys Zero. Shortly afterwards, Craven was contracted by the Green Goblin into killing Spider-Man. But upon reading of the Goblin's apparent demise, he set out to find out Spider-Man's weaknesses by manipulating a few of his comrades into attacking the wall crawler. The behemoth known as Rhino, the carnivorous cold-blooded lizard, the original vulture, and his rival, Rhaenyra Blackie Drago. When he kidnapped Dr. David Malro, who had developed a psychometer response procedure by which Craven hoped to increase his neural responses, he clashed with and was defeated by Tigra. Unlike other hunters, he typically disdained the use of guns or bow and arrows, preferring to take down large, dangerous animals with his bare hands, even though he often made elaborate preparations to weaken a quarry beforehand. He also used a mystical serum to increase his strength to superhuman levels, but even without the serum, he was a threat to the wall crawler. However, Craven's continual underestimation of the superhero's resourcefulness made him a frustrating quarry. As time passed, his aggravation, combined with his inability to run the superhero down, further destroyed Craven's sanity. A time ago, he faced Deadpool, who was in possession of the Venom symbiote, confusing the Merc with the mouth with Spider-Man. When Craven realized that wasn't Spider-Man, the alien gained control over Deadpool's body and suggested the hunter to use a gun next time. Driven by this idea, he hatched a scheme that actually defeated Spider-Man, and seemingly and uncharacteristically shot him. Considering his enemy effectively dead, Craven buried him alive. After this, Craven donned a copy of Spider-Man's costume and sought to prove that he was superior to his enemy's activities. He brutally attacked and beat up criminals, culminating in 15 men in the hospital and one killed. He single-handedly captured a minor supervillain, Vermin, whom Spider-Man needed the help of Captain America to defeat prior. After that triumph, Spider-Man was soon revived from the tranquilizer dart he was actually shot with and dug his way out of his grave. Craven greeted him and explained that he had made his point about defeating his enemy. Then he released Vermin and told Spider-Man to pursue him. Convinced he had finally regained his honor, the deranged Craven left a note for the police confessing that he impersonated Spider-Man and then took his own life with that same rifle. After Craven died, the chameleon was revealed to be Dmitri Smerdyakov, Craven's half-brother, personal servant, and the victim of Craven's abuse. And yet, according to Smerdyakov, the two were best friends, nonetheless. Craven was temporarily resurrected and used as a soldier by a mysterious villain. Craven's family, headed by his wife, Sasha Cravenoff, began facilitating the return of Spider-Man's villains to wear him off while also hunting down other spider-themed people, including Madame Webb and Maddie Franklin. 
as part of a plan to resurrect Craven and restore the glory of the Cravenos. In the process, they sacrifice Franklin in a ritual to return Vladimir to life as a humanoid, lion-like creature. When the Cravenos caught Spider-Man in a trap at their New York estate, where Craven had been buried, his clone Kane managed to take him off the table and steal his costume and impersonated him to confront the Cravenos on his behalf. Kane was killed by the Cravenos, and his body was used in a ritual to bring Craven back to life. Craven was disgruntled with his family for returning him. A sentient exacerbated when he found out that Kane had taken Spider-Man's place, and this had corrupted the ritual, cursing Craven to become unable to die unless he was by the hand of the Spider-Man. Spider-Man then attacked the estate to save the kidnapped Spider-People and kill Craven, but was convinced otherwise by a vision of a dark future shared with him by Arachne who had been passed down Madame Webb's precognitive powers. After Spider-Man refused to kill Craven, despite his pleas, the Cravenoffs escaped. Craven took his family to the Savage Land, where the hunter wanted his family to be hardened by the jungle to earn the name of Cravenoff. He killed Sasha when she objected, and then murdered Vladimir out of pity for his return to life. Anna agreed to Craven's terms and hunted down Alyosha, who attempted to walk away. While in the Savage Land, Craven came across Agent Venom and attacked, believing that the Venom symbiote which he regarded as Spider-Man's dark spirit, would be the end of his curse. Upon learning his opponent was handicapped, Craven was outraged and attempted to kill Flash outright to assuage his honor, but was carried away by a giant bat. Craven next appeared in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, tracking the Hulk. He actually managed to subdue the behemoth long enough to explain his reason for attacking him. Sergi wanted to die, and he wanted the Hulk to bring Spider-Man to do the killing. In return, he would help Hulk find the hidden city of Sasquatches, thinking the Hulk knew what it was that Banner was looking for. Hulk didn't care about the city, but did hate that Craven slowly murdered a Bigfoot, making its nearby kin respond to its screams of pain. The enraged Sasquatches took Hulk captive, and Craven rescued his partner from their city by threatening to kill one of the few remaining Bigfoot cubs. Hulk responded by punching him far out of the city. Shortly after Craven revived, so did Kane. Following events in which his degeneration was cured, Kane started a new life in Houston as the new Scarlet Spider. But he was followed by Craven, who wanted his death at the hands of Kane to break the curse, which didn't let him die. Kane was confronted by Craven, who began to torture him while dressed as Ben Riley. With the help of Anna, Craven kidnapped Kane's friends in order to motivate the Scarlet Spider to fight him. In the end, Kane delivered Craven a fatal blow in the chest, which paralyzed his heart. But using the same attack, Kane brought him back to life, hoping that would break the curse. Following the fight, both Cravens disappeared. Deciding that he wanted heirs in his own image, Craven approached the High Evolutionary and had him create 87 perfect clones designed to age into adulthood at an accelerated rate. When Anna learned Craven's plan, she renounced the Cravenough name and abandoned her father. During his children's quick growth, Craven trained and raised them, feeling love and pride for them. When they reached adulthood, Craven sent his children on individual journeys to hunt and prove themselves worthy of his name. During their quest, Craven set out to rebuild his fortune and reclaim his territories. Sometime, while patrolling Manhattan, Craven entered into conflict with the superhero Squirrel Girl after attacking one of her squirrels, Tippy-Toe. Since Craven remained obsessed with hunting down Spider-Man, Doreen suggested he try to take down Atlantean beasts. Since hunting underwater required expensive gear, Craven sought to raise funds by hunting in the employee of others, namely a sports hunter named Shannon Sugarbaker. He crossed past the Squirrel Girl again when he kidnapped Howard the Duck. Shannon turned on Craven after he refused to attack Squirrel Girl when the young hero inf infiltrated her mansion to rescue Howard. Craven joined forces with Squirrel Girl, Howard, and the other people he had captured on Sugar Baker's behalf to survive her hunting grounds and ultimately take her down. The episode prompted Craven to reevaluate his life, and he decided to become a hunter of hunters. Not long afterwards, Craven was captured by S.H.I.E.L.D. and imprisoned inside Pleasant Hill, a prison town where its inmates had their minds and bodies tampered with 
by a sentient cosmic cube named Kobik to turn them into model citizens. Craven lived a life with a zookeeper until Baron Zemo's revolt freed him. When the search for Kobik proved futile, Craven offered his services to Zemo, recruiting Fixer and Trapster and aiding him. Together, the trio made a trap disguised as a birthday party setting designed with Kobik's childish appearance and personality in mind. He and the other prisoners were eventually defeated by the Avengers and Avengers Unity Squad, as well as the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. At the start of Hydra's rise to power, Craven later joined Baron Zemo's Army of Evil. When Manhattan was covered by the Dark Force Dome, Craven the Hunter was seen inside heading to the Daily Bugle, trying to find out Spider-Man's identity. Phil Shelton's daughter, Jenny Shelton, ran off to warn J. Jonah Jameson. Craven the Hunter followed her to where J. Jonah Jameson was and soon struck him down, using a flare gun. Jenny fired it into the sky, which attracted the attention of Spider-Woman, who defeated Craven the Hunter. At one point, either before or after Hydra's takeover, Craven returned to the Savage Land with the objective to take down dinosaur poachers. Craven set his sights in one hunter in particular, the infamous Poachmaster General. After Craven defeated the Poachmaster, an Ultron T-Rex who was fighting Squirrel Girl stumbled into Craven and took him hostage. Craven attempted to convince Squirrel Girl to try to stop Ultron's plans to destroy the Savage Land, despite the robot's threats to kill him if she interfered. Doreen managed to rescue Craven, and he helped her rally dinosaurs to distract Ultron until she could insert a USB stick with a virus that shut it all down. Craven returned to New York City after hearing about news of dinosaur people lurking in the sewers. He began terrorizing the dinosaur people and caught the attention of their protector, Venom. After fighting Venom, Craven was officially endorsed by Mayor Wilson Fisk and Commissioner Chris Rafferty to hunt down the dinosaur people and help form a SWAT team. For his second encounter with Venom, Craven brought Shriek, whose sonic powers weakened Venom, allowing Craven and the SWAT team to approach the dinosaur people's lair and attack them. Having recovered with the help of Tana and the Moloids, Venom went into a feral state and attacked Craven. Following the hunter's defeat, Tana convinced the SWAT team that her people were harmless and that they should be left alone. Craven, the hunter, and Shriek were then arrested by the SWAT team. After regaining his freedom, Craven traveled to the Amazon jungle to defend the local fauna from poachers. Since she believed that Craven was a good person deep inside, Squirrel Girl invited him to hang out with her civilian identity to sway him away from bad influences. Before taking part in an escape room, Doreen decided to reveal her secret identity to Craven as a sign of trust, even though he had already de deduced it. The escape room turned into a series of deadly puzzles after its owner revealed itself to be the supervillain, Mojo II, whom Craven, Squirrel Girl, and his friends defeated in the end. Unfortunately, Craven was sighted by police officers after leaving the escape room, and he resisted arrest. Doreen tried to defend Craven, but the situation escalated, and she was arrested as well, together with her friends. Squirrel Girl became disillusioned after learning of Craven's past records, but he convinced her he was trying to be a better person. Nonetheless, when Craven, Doreen, and her friends were put on trial, they were all found innocent except for Craven. Lamenting that he failed to become a better person, Craven tried to run away, but he was intercepted by Spider-Man. Squirrel Girl and her allies caught up to Craven and convinced Spider-Man to let him go for the time being. Doreen offered Craven to become her partner in crime fighting so that he could clean his reputation, but he declined, arguing that he had to work on it himself first. Before parting ways, Craven ensured Squirrel Girl would hold him to the promise that he would try to be heroic again. Not long afterwards, Craven would start dabbling in vigilanteism, apprehending criminals and leaving them for the police under the sobriquet of the unhuntable Sergei. Soon after, Craven was pulled from a point in time between the court case of the hunted fiasco by Galactus to aid Squirrel Girl against a large group of her enemies. When the battle was over, Craven told Doreen not to believe everything she read. When Craven finished the preparations for the return of his children from their missions, he was surprised to receive only one of them. The last son of Craven had hunted down his brethren to prove that only he was worthy of their father. 
Despite his shock for his children's death, Craven was overjoyed with the fruit of his labor and recognized the survivor as his son. Craven shared with him his discontent for the stage of the jungle, raised by hunters and poachers, and made him part of his plan to fight them off. Recruiting the services of Arcade, Craven sealed off Central Park and turned it into a hunting ground, providing a cadre of wealthy would-be hunters the opportunity to hunt down animal-themed supervillains who had been previously kidnapped by the mercenaries Taskmaster and Black Ant. Craven sought to make these criminals honor the souls of the animals whose identities they adopted by forcing them to survive being hunted. To this end, Arcade provided Craven's benefactors an army of hunter bots, near indestructible androids modeled after Craven and controlled remotely by a virtual reality headset wired to their brain. Craven also made it so that the hunters couldn't take off the VR headsets used to control the hunter bots, and any damage made to their units recoiled on their bodies to the point of risking death, in order to teach them the true dangers of the hunt. Craven also forced one last person in the conflict, Spider-Man, in an attempt to harden him and push the wall crawler to kill him and free him from his curse. As the hunt raged between the hunter bots and the villains, Craven forced Spider-Man into a situation in which he needed to help Kirk Connors let loose his alter ego of the lizard to save his son Billy from the clutches of the last son. Afterwards, Craven confronted Spider-Man in an effort to force him to abandon his ideals against killing, promising to shut down the hunter bolts, free the prisoners, and ensure Billy's survival if Spider-Man would simply murder him. Spider-Man beat up Craven and made him watch a video feed of the lizard saving Billy without succumbing to his murderous instincts, also sparing the life of the last son, proving that compassion showed true strength of character. Coming to the realization that he was the kind of beast he was seeking to kill all along, Craven called off the Great Hunt, freeing his prisoners and letting Spider-Man go. Embracing Spider-Man's nobility and ideals, Craven donned Spider-Man's costume and intercepted his son to die in battle against him, since his death was deliberate, therefore by his own hand, and he had become Spider-Man in spirit, the curse allowed Craven to remain dead. Craven was buried in his estate wearing Spider-Man's costume. He left his son a note in which he expressed his pride for him, and bestowed on him the name and alias, becoming himself the new Craven, the Hunter. have it the graphic history of craven the hunter as this much talking has been getting painful in my current situation i think i will call it here uh tune into social media to find out who my guest is next week in the meantime i hope you have a wonderful time i hope you are feeling better i hope you never need your wisdom teeth out and i hope the sun always shines on you i don't know what that last part meant it seemed a little idyllic maybe the, the meds are getting to me <laughs> all right i'll catch you next week thanks for tuning in